Hello and welcome into episode number 36 of the Hippies and Cowboys podcast. As always, we are bringing you the best of the country music world like nobody else will tell it. I am the better looking of your two hosts. My name is Garrett McKee and joining me, as always, is Mike Hart. We are the Hippies and Cowboys podcast. We have one hell of an episode lined up for you today. One of my favorites, if not my favorite. Our guest today is the incredibly talented Waylon Payne. Waylon is set to release on September 11th, 2020, his second album of his career, the first in 16 years since 2004's The Drifter. And this one is titled Blue Eyes, The Harlot, The Queer, The Pusher, and Me. I know the phrase, one of the best albums of the year, gets tossed around a lot whenever new music comes out. And I'm guilty of that, of course. But I truly believe in my heart that this is one of the most outstanding pieces of country music that you will hear in the year 2020. There are no words that I could sit here and say to you right now that would do it justice, so I'm just going to let this podcast speak for itself. Um... Waylon has an incredible story that has brought him to this album, and uh, we are lucky enough to hear some of those stories on the show. Like I said, don't think I need to say too much here. Uh, this podcast speaks for itself. Waylon, once again, thank you so much for sitting down and hanging out with us for a little while and sharing your story with everyone. We are going to kick today's episode off with one of my favorite songs off of this record. You can head on over to waylandpainmusic.co. Please do so either after or right now while you listen to this podcast. waylandpainmusic.co. Pick yourself up a record. We're going to kick it off with Back From The Grave. Enjoy the show. Oh, the sunshine. It's peeking through my window I pull back the curtains And let it on in Kinda like a song That woke me up from my hurting I started singing And the healing began And now I'm back from the light and life and love that I've been missing My heart of stone has been rolled away I can't believe that I've made it I'm no longer jaded back from the grave There was a time well I thought I was a donor I took a lot of wrong turns journey called life Looking back Well I can't explain it What it was That turned me back around But now I'm back from the grave I'm among the living Look at all of this light and life and love 
Back from the Grave by Waylon Payne off of his upcoming album September 11th. That one is titled Blue Eyes, The Harlot, The Queer, The Pusher, and Me. I love that song. It makes me makes me happy. Well, that makes me happy that, that it makes and, you happy. Uh, <laughs> that's great. And there he is. Waylon Payne is joining us for this episode today. We were really excited to get a chance to talk to you about the upcoming album and uh, everything that went into it, man. So uh, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude, I'm pumped about this one. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, we've known about you for a while here, and we've known that the album's coming out and everything, but uh, me and my, my back in my first week, I don't think my principal listens to uh, these episodes, so we'll be good. Um, but first week back in school, and we're just like figuring shit out. And most of that, you know, we have nine days to like plan for the school year coming up like nine days whole days in school like to get ready which is it's a lot like there's not nine days worth of shit to do so you know like all week I get to like just sit down and listen and like look up everything you've done and listen to all your all your songs and everything so like it's been building up all week to to this I, I've probably listened to more Waylon Payne this week than uh, actually prepared my classroom so I'm excited. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but <clears throat> so wait, you have you have 9 days to prepare for the whole year? Well, like so we're doing like hybrid to like adjust half, to covid rules. Yeah, adjust to covid. Like you got half every other week is online for half of the kids and then it's it's all fucked. So you're like learning a new system and then like trying to figure out how you're Jesus. doing your virtual students and so that we have nine days of just in service where it's just us in school, like maybe an hour of meetings a day. And then the rest of the time is just like planning shit out. And there's nine days of it, which is a, a, like an infinite amount of time when you're there. Like yesterday, uh, I took a break from listening to your music and I watched the Cardinals day game. Like, you know, I've been making good <laughs> use of my time, you know, like, good job. Good job. <laughs> Productivity. <Yeah. laughs> 
Yeah, you know. Educating the young minds of America. <laughs> I got some stuff done, too, like here and there, you know. I'm oh, ready. Okay, I good. feel, yeah, feel no. pretty ready. It wasn't just, wa- just watching baseball and listening to music. <laughs> it was a lot of it, but um, it was not all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, why don't we talk a little bit about some music, speaking of. Um, September 11th, the yes. album comes out, Waylon. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's pretty interesting, actually. Like I, f- I find it really interesting the way you've been releasing this album. Kind of mm-hmm. three songs at a time. Uh, act one, act two, act three. We've got so far, as of today, recording right. day is August twenty eighth. But uh, what what went into what was the idea behind releasing it in those kind of four parts? I guess, and uh, you know what all, what all went into that. Um. That was pretty much, uh, I think that was pretty much Frank's idea, Frank Liddell and, uh, mm-hmm. and the people mm-hmm. from uh, Empire. I, I think that it was such a, a strange, you know, over the past few years, people have been, uh, I, I've seen as they release an album, um, you know, like they'll release three songs at a time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for a couple of months before the album comes out. And we just kind of had thought about splitting this up into different acts because it kind of follows a storyline mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. from the from the top to the bottom in a way. Um, so like uh, about well, on July twenty fourth, two thousand and eight, I left Nashville and I went to Texas because I had been uh, plying myself with so many. Uh, drugs and 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 stuff you know um my mom had died and i had never dealt with some childhood trauma that uh was brutal and uh and um i ended up kind of losing my family over it so it was a scar you know and um it, it affected me in ways that i just didn't know it would, and I had, you know, for years and years and years just been forcing stuff down and forcing stuff down and yeah. more drugs, more up booze, more sex, more everything, you know, and um, long story short, when I went to Texas uh, in 2008, I, I met this man that changed my life, dude. He was a friend of my buddy, Corey Moros, and uh, they say the universe sends you what you need when you need it, and I just needed a a big strong friend to uh love me and help me through some some darkness and uh I had not had very many good positive male role models growing up aside from like Christopherson and Willie and people like that you know they were great role models but like you know my immediate like the people in my life you know my dad my uncle they were not good influences and um uh you know, I'd found myself in trouble, and and when I went home to Texas and I started taking steps to get sober, uh, Edward was a big help. And then he had a baby, and that baby changed my life. That baby saved my ass, saved my ass. And uh, I uh, I did my last drug about a day or two before his first birthday, and he's nine now. So, congratulations. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Now, I'm not talking about, like, sparking up a doob or anything. I'm just talking about, like, mainline and shit in your arms, you know what I mean? And I, yeah, yeah, Trying yeah. to kill yourself. Uh, yeah. 
So yeah, these these songs kind of came out of out of me uh, coming out of the haze, if you will, because uh, you know once you stop plying yourself with all sorts of artificial uh, suppressants, you can't really run from it anymore. So you have to deal with it, which was it was time. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Well, well, you can feel. I mean, listening to the songs that are released. I mean, you, you, there's a bunch out right now, and you can you can feel the the realness and the the emotion in those too. Like that, those those shine through um, very well. So it, it makes sense when you, you tell that story. Man, you know, I I, I hope so. <clears throat> I I hope it I hope it shines through, man. You know, I fought for this record for about ten years. You know, um. I'm a real personal writer. Uh, I write exactly what I'm feeling or exactly what I'm thinking, and it never it never fails. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? That's I, that's how I communicate. And um, these songs are extremely personal because they're mine, and um, I'm I'm just so glad they're seeing the light of day. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah. people like them, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. That's always a bonus. Um, I mean, yeah, because I mean. You re- you released an album, I mean back in two thousand four, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, I did. Um, and like, I mean that's a that's that's a hell of a gap, sixteen years until yeah. now. Well, you know what I mean, it was a it was an epic. It was a pretty big drug problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, as, as, as what they don't tell you, or what I guess that you're not you don't think of when you're partying your brains away you know uh but like it it took three or four years for me to even get my my words back my 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 songs you know Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't know if i was going to be able to write songs anymore because i'd done it incredibly high for so long and you know it's a different thing when you step out from behind your safety net and uh but you know what? It's great. I I'm uh, having a ball, and I'm alive, and I'm able to uh, I'm able to say that in a, in a week when a lot of people that are my contemporaries are not able to. Yeah, it's been a I mean, been a been a rough I week for, for artists. I mean, I but, know, I know. But, I um, don't even know what to I don't even know what to say about it. It's just. Uh, my heart hurts for Steve Earl, mm-hmm. and uh, my heart hurts for everybody since this thing has started. Right. I mean, I, we've lost so many people that I think it's uh, still a form of shock for all of us because, right. you know what I mean? It, yeah. I don't think yeah. it, we're really able to comprehend exactly what's happened yet. No, nothing, nothing feels real about it. I mean it's it's obviously so incredibly and horribly real but like being quarantined and and spending 7 months, you know, hold up as, as best as you can or you know what I mean, whether even if you're still working through this. I mean, I haven't stopped working through this one bit, but there's just so much shit happening in the fucking world around you that oh, and it's just you, you know, like, it's you, like crazy. you're losing people like like that that you, you know, admire like I mean, obviously. And, you know, another thing that's just so crazy is that it's never been more apparent right now in our time 
mm-hmm. that it is it is here and it is here and there is no in between anymore and it seems so strange that yeah. people are just ready to it's just like it's like it's either left or it's right and there is goddamn there is no middle ground and don't you fucking tell me there's middle ground or I'm going to kill you and it's just <laughs> nuts dude yeah. it's people I have it's, this it's theory just like I said with all the uh, go ahead I have this theory you know a few years back you know when Fukushima when that earthquake happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh and it it the scientists told us within a few days hey that earthquake was so powerful it knocked the earth off of its axis. <laughs> you remember that? Uh, yeah, was, I do remember. It was that. just a, it was just a half of a millisecond of a degree or whatever, but it still did it. And you know what? The polar shift feels like we're right in the middle of it. It just feels like the minute that you think things are sane and trustable, it just gets it's like Ashton Kutcher comes along and goes, "Ha ha." <laughs> pumped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're pumped. <laughs> I wish I wish he would sneak out from behind a curtain one of these nights and tell us it was all fake because I would love him for it. Yeah. Hey, that's a big name. That's a big name around these parts. I I grew up like ten miles from where Ashton Kutcher grew up, so you know you you throw that name oh, around really? over here and it's a big deal. Yeah. 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 He's pretty cool. <laughs> but <clears throat> oh. no, I was just, I was just. Saying like it. Did you just say liberty? What's that? Did you just say liberty? No, I said I said I said Iowa's like one celebrity. Oh, got it. One celebrity. <laughs> hey, but, never mind. Uh, okay, other man. other than Mike, of course. Yeah, Mike, uh, you're yeah, pretty. Duh, yeah, take that lying down, dude. <laughs> dude, we had uh, fucking no, John Wayne is from <laughs> Iowa. Herbert Hoover's from uh, Iowa. Isn't Tom Cruise yeah. from Iowa, or is that Illinois? Is he? I don't I'm think just, he's from I Iowa. I was just being stupid. That's why right. Tom, Tom Arnold. Celebrities. So. Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold rocks. Yeah, he's from here, dude. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Like literally, Iowa. You can like like a couple buddies of mine. Like they they stopped at the gas station and like Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are in there. You know, like they come back all the time. And hey, didn't y'all? How are y'all weathering this uh, hurricane thing that came through you guys a couple weeks ago and oh, killed all the corn and stuff? I'm glad you said something about it because not a whole lot of people seem to know. Um, but it, it's devastating. Yeah. So where I'm at, uh, I mean, it was bad. Like we lost power and cell phone and everything. And, you know, trees were on houses all around me and, and, uh, you know, that storm gets over and you're thinking, this is, this is terrible where, where I'm at, you know? And then, uh, as you start to get service back, you realize that 30 miles North of us in Cedar Rapids, it's 10 times worse. And like, and and it's everywhere it's not just right here you know we're thinking we're in a bad situation then all of a sudden you know i a couple buddies of mine in cedar rapids just got power back you know days ago and it's been two and a half weeks you know and yeah yeah it's it yeah i've never seen anything like it but yeah like 130 mile an hour winds like we lost lost a lot of crops so there's a lot of people hurting and People, you know, that moved into hotels for a couple of weeks because their houses weren't safe, and it was it was wild. But yeah, well, I'm glad, just, you're, I'm glad you're safe. Thanks. Yeah, just fucking 2020 to a T. You know, like what else can what else can you expect? A hurricane? Yeah, in Iowa. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Feels but, like this shit has gone on for like 10 years, but it's been yeah 
nine months. And by that, I mean 2020 in general. Yeah, it's never gonna everything end. went everything went to shit when fucking Kobe died. Okay, and nothing's been good since then. That's 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 my theory. It started with that, and it's just fucking snowballed since then. Well, we need to figure out how to make it better, boys. Yeah, we do. We do. Well, <laughs> we still got a lot of music coming out, dude. Today's today was a huge day for for music release in general. Yeah. You know, like a huge album release day. We yeah, got, like Coulter Walls, F and I Aura. Um, Reeves Brothers, I was listening to earlier. Justin Wells, and then there, there's a bunch of, and then like a couple of singles, bunch of singles. Like Eric Church and like Chris, Chris Stapleton, Stapleton. Uh, Sam Marlowe, yeah, Chris, all that fun stuff. But. Yeah, big day. But and that's and that's crazy that this has been a fucking amazing year for country music. I mean, it's gonna be real tough to narrow down like a top, like you know those top ten albums of the year list at the end of the year. That's gonna be beyond but we've got more yet to come one of which obviously is yours Waylon and I think you're already in the fucking mix yeah well for that those top 10 lists I would say yeah um I want to talk to you I want to I want to expand a little more on like what you said about how you know personal of a of a writer you are because that really strikes a chord with me. Like I said, when we first came in, I mean, this list uh, back, to, back to the grave. Like I, I really love that song. It puts me in a good mood. You know, it, it, you know, it, you know, gives me a little spring in my step. You know what I'm saying? So, and you can like, like Mike said, you can, you can feel that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a, it makes you feel good because it feels like a lived in kind of a song. Well, it's a, it's it's one of my favorites on the record. Um, I wrote that with a guy named Clint Lauterberg and a lady named Brandy Clark, and yeah. um, mm-hmm. we. Uh, I don't have very many co-writes on the record. I think there are three, um, maybe four. Yeah. Um, but this was this was one that was really kind of special. The the this you know it, it it's just amazing how it was all rounded out. Yeah, you you don't have many co-writes on the album, but the but the ones who who are, I mean, you've got you've got quite the list of of, of names when it comes to Brandy Clark. You mentioned uh, Leanne Womack, I believe, yeah. is one of your oh, co-writes shit, yeah. on uh, uh, all of all the trouble. Adam Wright, is that right? All yeah. the trouble, all of the yeah. trouble. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, you you have some history with Leanne Womack, do you not? Like, it's oh, not the yeah. first time. Um, yeah, yeah. No, we uh, well, of course, I uh, her produ- her husband. Frank Liddell uh-huh. uh, produced produced this album, and uh, mm. I also write uh, for him at Carnival Music in Nashville. Uh, and uh, Leanne, of course, you know we've been buddies for a long time, and she gave me uh, one of my first cuts in the business uh, with Solitary Thinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she's 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 great. She's just a, a true true blue country singer, and just. Uh, an impeccable lady and such a nice soul. The the Liddell family has been extremely, extremely uh, good to me. Yeah, uh, dude. So I I'm gonna jump to this just because it seems like an okay time, I guess. But uh, I was watching one of my all time favorite movies the other day, uh, and it's got uh, what's his name, uh, the the new Joker, uh, Joaquin Phoenix in it. And uh, and I was watching, and I was like, "Dude, this guy, this guy looks awfully familiar." Uh, who plays uh, Jerry Lee Lewis in that? It's like he seems fucking really familiar. Like, who the hell is that guy? 
And then I realized that's you. You just realized that <laughs> just no. the other day? No, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> but fuck, dude, that's what two so you went you had your first album, you had fucking walk the line, you like that's a major role in that fucking movie, like and not your only acting gig, right? You got a couple. Man, there is a it's uh I'm really you know, I did that first album, I did the Drifter and a lot of things happened right after that. Uh uh-huh. it all started uh of course, it all started with Keith Gaddis. He he made a record, and uh, then he produced The Drifter. My buddy Pat Green was making a record called Wave on Wave, and he invited me to come out. I wrote a couple of songs for that record and uh, did all of the harmony vocals that you hear on that record, and then that led to my deal with Universal New York. Uh, Pat walked me in there and, and helped me do that, and then Walk the Line happened, and man, that just... Uh, it, it was. It was. I was. I was living a fairy tale for a while. I, I still live a fairy tale. You know, it's. Uh, it's hard to believe that I get to do what I do, mm-hmm. and uh, it's. Uh, it's been a crazy ride. I'm single, dude. I'm like, forty eight years old. So like, I've. I've like. I have no. I have nothing holding me back from nothing. If there's an opportunity to go do something that's cool and fun, sign me up. I'll be there. Uh, no, but oh I mean, you, so, <laughs> I, yeah, you see an opportunity like that, you can't not do something like that. Um, right, wow. right. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, but are, are you a little? I can, I can cut that. <laughs> I can cut that. <laughs> you better fucking not cut that, Mike. It, okay. I will. Anyway. I will oh. drive up to Canada and slap you. <clears throat> no. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, anyways, no, but, uh, with, you know, you, you guys had that and, or you had that going on. And then obviously you, you talked about, um, why there's a gap dealing with, uh, those, those issues. And then, and then now here 15, 16 years later, we got this album coming out. I, I imagine there's some anxiety, uh, with stepping back into the, the music scene like that with, with something like this. But one thing I think is really cool and, um, decently unique to uh to you is over the last month two months maybe even a little bit more you guys have been really pushing like um just like your acoustic versions of your album yeah on, on youtube like those videos and those are really really cool and i i wish more people Man, would do something like that but i gotta tell you that's frank liddell again dude yeah. Frank, uh frank listen I, I my dad and i sparred back and forth for years because uh i um i taught myself how to play guitar and mm. it drove my father fucking nuts dude because he i mean he was willie nelson's lead guitar player so he's like you you can't if you don't know how to play scales son then you are not you can't play guitar uh-huh. you know and it was just it was just so uh I taught myself how to do it, you know, and like uh it's it's always been my thing, but in the back of my head there's always been man you can't you can't fucking rely on your own guitar playing because you suck. And mm. you know, you can't go out you can't go out and you can't do a tour alone playing the guitar because your guitar playing sucks, you know, you have to have somebody go do it with you. Frank pulled me out of that and 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 when the record was uh done he was like man hey look at this he's like listen to this song he's like that's not somebody else playing dude that's you 
Right. That that's that's you, and that's your sound, and that's your style, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's badass, as a matter of fact. And he brought that out of me, dude. And I I was like, oh, okay. And it but it, but it wasn't until he and Eric Massey played it back for me. You know, look, look, no, you don't need anything else. Sing your songs. And uh, I was really unsure about doing all those videos. We did ten uh, videos. Just like that, though, in a mm-hmm. TV studio, just me and my guitar, and uh, and that seems to be something that people really dig is is yeah. uh, having it having it there too. So thanks for saying that. That may, that means a lot to know that you that those are working. Well, I I'm glad that there's that story behind it too. That it that it means that much. Yeah. You know, like you know, listening to it, I'm like, ah, oh, this is fucking cool. I'm gonna say something about it, but not knowing that there's that whole story behind it, like. Yeah, yeah, dude, Frank sounds like a, a really smart motherfucker, I tell you. Man, Frank <laughs> Frank has stood stood by me for a long, long, yeah. long time. I've known Frank Liddell for 25 years. He was one of the first people I met in Nashville back in 94 when I got here. That's the year I was um, born. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, buddy. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, dang. But... It's okay. <laughs> I'm just great. thinking it, you know. Man. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, so but you know, he's uh he uh he's just been really great and uh he's just they've just always stood beside me and, and uh tried to help me be the best I can, which is uh which is great, dude. So yeah. I'll tell him that you uh I'll tell him that you appreciate it and he'll get a he'll get a kick out of that. <laughs> oh, that's good, that's good. <laughs> another thing I d I don't know if this you can credit this to him as well another thing that i really enjoyed was uh you've been releasing the the little like i don't know if you'd call it like a like a a, a mini essay almost oh yeah that was some, some well, of the songs on that was, uh, on instagram i've seen them and uh, yeah i wrote one for every i wrote one for every song uh save shiver uh uh because shiver was a little bit too personal but i think if you listen to the song you understand what's going on with that so it didn't need an essay but I um I I went through such an ex such a, a, a an ad- an adventure if you will uh to get to where I am um uh, and a lot of times people will listen to my songs and they will get the they will I don't I mean it's great that they get what message they're getting out of it but they totally miss the boat mm-hmm. nine times out of ten so. I kind of was like, you know, I want, I don't want there to be any question what these songs are about. I don't want there to be any question why I'm alive today. It's because of a couple of people in my life, and uh, it's because of those people that I'm able to tell this story at all because I made it through, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was that was something like, I mean, aside, I mean, music aside, how how much I've loved what i've heard so far and i mean i've i've i have listened to the all of it now but what made what made me first reach out and try to try to get you to come on the podcast and and talk to us was just through those essays you really you're uh, me as a listener and i i i'm sure other other people out there and it's kind of the point of them me as a as, as a listener to these songs after reading those essays, you just kind of connect to them in a whole different way because you you understand what what went into what went into them from your side. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, and it's like you know, oh, okay, I get it. There's, oh, that's why, that's why this record's the way it is. Okay, great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had no, I had no, I had no qualms about throwing out uh, the stories behind it. You know, some mm-hmm. of them are really intense and really personal. I had to ask a couple of friends of mine if it was okay if I told those stories because they are just like you know, some of them are unbelievable, but <clears throat> that's that's what happened. You've had a hell of a life, my man. So far. Hey. Yeah. We all have. Wow. You know? My life is, uh, my life may seem difficult, but uh, I'll tell you what, there are a whole lot of other people that have it a whole lot worse than I do, buddy. So just always remember that whenever you're going through a hard time and think you want to give up. That's never an option. Don't ever give up. Just, Mm -hmm. just find a way to move forward and, uh, be as helpful as you can to everybody. Yeah. That's uh, one, some words to live by. One particular, the one particular essay that stood out for me was, as like particularly shocking, was the uh, dead on the wheel um, essay. Mm. I don't yeah. Know. We, won't, we won't play that song on, on the show today, but I just wanted to mention that one because that one was like that's a great, reading that's along, a, reading along, and then it's just, yeah, I mean it, that's 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 what I'm talking about, man. That's the power of this thing. That's and it's yeah. true. There, it's all true, dude. You know, it's yeah. like little. It's like those little things. Just for that one moment at the very end of that essay, the whole. That was the whole point. I was in California working a construction job so I could get back home to Texas. Was that moment, and like it's. It's fucking heavy, dude. It's heavy. It's, yeah. Yeah, it it like I said, blew and my mind. That's <laughs> blew my mind. That's fuck that's not, that's what sets you apart from from I mean, there's a lot that sets you apart, but that's another thing that sets you apart is, you know, a lot of artists like they play off of real scenarios what they're actually going through and then they kind of fictionalize it a little bit. You know, or like maybe it's totally um, fiction and characters and this shit's as real as it gets through and through you know and then the essays just show like well man i mean to be perfectly honest back in the day when i first started writing songs i sort of used to do it just to see if i could if i could shock somebody yeah you know what i mean i used to i used to write blatantly fucking honest shit so that i could see if people were really paying attention yeah oh wow and you would be amazed at the number of people who aren't. <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah. it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I I won't make you re- I won't make you retell that that story behind that essay. But anybody About listening here, you need to go and yeah. Oh hell, it's was... great! You know what? And maybe you should play "Dead on a Wheel" instead of whatever you were fixing to play, because that's a great song too. It's a hellacious. It song. is too. We're... Yeah, it is too. Um, we can, um... yeah. So "Dead on a Wheel" basically is this song that I wrote. I had uh, had been living in Nash or in Austin for a while after I went home in two thousand and eight, and I got a little bit of sober time under my belt, and I decided I wanted to make a trip back to Hollywood to kind of see if I could get another role or or do something to something you know my life ain't working i need to do something so i went to california uh and this was in 2012 maybe um 
Yeah, 2012. Lindsay Lohan was always in the news. Always in the yep. news at this yep. time. And she was like getting arrested or her and her girlfriend were in a fight or, you know, there was just all this shit. And you, they just were like, they were like piranha. They would not leave that family alone. Those TMC fuckers. And yeah. so Lindsay's going through hell, right? Well, the mom is is going through hell because she's like obviously got some problems with some substances. Dad is fucking a nightmare. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's like it, and and they're all imploding on television right in front of us because that's what we wanted to see. Yeah. So Lindsay is like doing all this stuff and it's just like they're just rabid rabid dogs. And there's this video game called LA Noir which is, uh, like, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Well, all right. Well, in 2012, they had a new version of that game coming out. And on a 30-floor 30, 30 skyscraper, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, 40, 50 stories in the sky, there's this billboard that they're putting up for the new L.A. Noir, and it is of this car accident. It's this. It's a '57 Chevy Bel Air, and there's a girl laying dead on the steering wheel, bleeding because she's crashed and died. And it was Lindsay Lohan. It was freaking Lindsay Lohan. Now they won't say that, but you had to be blind not to see what was going on. And it was so mm -hmm. in front of your face and right there that it was like, are you fucking kidding me? This girl is dying and you guys are just squishing her to get the last drop of blood out. So I started the song when she's lying there dead on a wheel. And, uh, it was, it was all about, her. And for some reason, I had just a, I had her on my heart, man. I had her on my heart. And I lived on the corner of Fountain and Gower in Hollywood. Mm. And I had to walk about 15 blocks every morning um, to my job working construction because I went out to California to try to make something happen and got stuck out there again. And so I got a job, whatever, I was trying to get back home. And I had just started that song, you know. It was not finished yet, but it was it was being sung in my head. Mm -hmm. And I got up to go to work this morning, and it was kind of quiet on the streets. And I rounded this corner to go on down the road, and there was this guy about two blocks in front of me walking my way. And, I mean, literally the hair on my fucking body stood on end. I just could not believe I was in the situation that I was in. And we passed each other. And I maybe it was God. Maybe it was just my, my inner self. But something told me that you, you got to turn around, dude. You have to fucking... This man needs to see you. You need to fucking be a human right now. And I turned around and I said, Hey, dude, I, uh, I know things are absolutely brutal right now, but I got to tell you something, dude. I, I just believe that things are going to get better. And it's, 
it's the truth. And I said, uh, my name is Waylon. And I stuck out my hand and he stuck his out and he said, thank you, Waylon. I'm Michael Lohan. of the day They reckon a disaster Yeah, that's all that they say As if she cannot hear them All the people do is throw a stone and knock her down What a crying shame Whatever happened to just giving a hand to someone who was in Of the day. 
He's walking with his heart in his hands You just heard Dead on the Wheel and uh, a, one hell of a story, um, real story from uh, Waylon before that song. Um, and yeah, so I, I think it's really cool and unique that we got that <clears throat> that story before before hearing it. So, you know, hopefully it, it means more um, than just hearing it the first time, you know, listening to a song uh, with that 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 kind of hopefully hopefully that brings people some peace of mind you know i mean that's that's really all i kind of want out of this record you know i mean i've wanted two things out of out of this career in music okay one was i wanted to be an artist in my own right and be able to bring my mama back to nashville and introduce her on the grand Ole opry and I got to do that before she died. One of the highlights of my life was singing with my mama on the Grand Ole Opry. And the other was because I grew up, because my mom was a, was a country star uh, mm-hmm. and my dad was a country player, I grew up getting to know my parents through vinyl records. And... I got to see my mom on the radio and on TV, and uh, I always wanted to do what they did, and I I knew I would have made it once I held that piece of black plastic in my hand. And uh, about five days ago, that black piece of plastic finally got to my hands, and it's freaking really the best thing in the world. Dude. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, congrats. On I mean, the the drifter, the drifter, congrats. the drifter didn't even mean. I mean, it's a cool because it was my first record, but right. it wasn't an album. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't part of that club yet. I am now. Wow. Dude. And yeah. At the time, like I don't know if you want to talk about the drifter a little bit, but were you? <coughs> was that something that that came about just kind of maybe to get your toes wet? kind of as an artist and then well that had uh, things happen i mean the acting and 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 i mean that was i mean i had i had needed to do an album you know i had i was i was you know i planned on on doing it all my life it just happened to be the first time that i was able to you know keith guess keith took a chance on me and uh he liked my songs and and so uh, uh yeah i mean that was that was my my introduction into the music industry and uh like i said the theatrics that 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 came as as sort of a a beautiful uh extra uh side item if you will you know which led to uh uh i'm really proud of that body of work i've got about 14 films and television specials or whatever Mm -hmm. under my belt there are a couple of real shit ones. I mean, they're like fucking so bad they suck my own balls. But, 
like which ones know, i want to look them up <laughs> <laughs> Got my... no because <laughs> you wouldn't just be telling me get off here because you listening. know i do want to work again <laughs> uh, oh man good shit i just sorry to interrupt you just sometimes <laughs> I got. Well, you know, okay. It's like here's the thing. I mean, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm proud of my acting abilities. You know, mm-hmm. except in one, except in one area of filmmaking, and it seems like there's got to be that one area of filmmaking. Every film you do, if you're a leading man, and that's you've got to fuck your wife, mm. or you've got to like, you know, make love to your woman, and like. <laughs> I can't stand fucking watching that shit because it's like watching, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, I guess you just have to be there to understand what I'm talking about, but it's mm. like, God, this is the most uncomfortable shit I've ever watched in my life because am I doing it right? Or is that what I'm supposed to do? Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Instructions unclear. Yeah. It's like gross, gross, gross. Is that a, is that a, is that a cyst on my back or is that another ass? I don't get it. <laughs> something that most people probably wouldn't have to think about when you know you're thinking about acting (laughs) is the fact that yeah that you've got to take your clothes off in 20 minutes in front of a room full of people and like not be embarrassed with yeah yeah here you go buddy (laughs) (laughs) here it is uh and possibly um, i mean i assume and then you gotta um, fake then you gotta fake fornicate which like uh-huh. what <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i don't know about yeah. all that I, I don't think i don't think acting's for me yeah they don't teach you that in drama <laughs> no <laughs> no i don't i don't think they do you know <clears throat> yeah i don't know i always wondered about those scenes like what if you get wood like you know like, well, like, right? I mean, like, I can, like, get a stiff wind and get a boner, dude, but, like, like, what's gonna happen if I have to, like, you know, drop trow in front of a whole room of fucking freaks, and then all of a sudden there's, yeah. hey, oh, sorry, I've got a boner. Oh, Oops. God. <laughs> Oops. And I mean, you know, like, and what's, what's it like? I mean, it's gotta be a little harder for, like, you know, like, guys that are, that are, you know, heterosexual, if you will, and like, yeah. you know, I mean, that's got to be. Cr- I mean, at least for me, there's, there's probably your, no chance of me getting a boner and embarrassing myself. There's you know, your leg up. Like, there's your leg up on it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. True. Fair enough. <laughs> I can't imagine either way that that would be very, of, of like a comfortable experience having to like, uh, on average, how many people are even in the room during that shit? Yeah, like, about twelve. Twenty. Yeah, oh, twelve, fuck. whatever. Well, it depends on the budget, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yeah, like hopefully, hopefully not. That just guy one over there. Person. That guy over there is running the camera, the fan, and he's stepping on the bed to make it rattle. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh my god. That's some good shit there, Waylon. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Dude, well, speaking, I think this this will go pretty well into it. Um, of the the title of your album, which is one of the most intriguing, long, interesting uh, album titles I've I've seen in country music: Blue Eyes, The Harlot, The Queer, The Pusher, and Me. I, I imagine some of that 
I don't know. I just want to hear the story. You know, you, you see a title like that, and it's like, what? Well, what's going on? Like, what's the story? You know, I moved. Uh, I moved back to Nashville in two thousand and six, right after my mom died, uh, and I started working for writing songs mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, you know, coming back to work and stuff. Uh, unfortunately, I had gotten really hardcore into intravenous drug use. Mm-hmm. I was shooting a lot of speed, um, but I couldn't. Uh, I I didn't know how to administer to myself. Mm-hmm. So I always found a big old tough motherfucker that was probably good looking and a dope slinger that you know he would fucking dose me up. And uh, uh, this particular buddy of mine was really great great spirit man i don't want to romanticize this story mm-hmm. uh a because it wasn't romantic and b because it's not romantic because we were doing fucking we were shooting up fucking glass right um and but there was uh there was such a level of comfort and it was almost as if we were kind of fucking if you will because that's a that's a pretty heavy it's a pretty heavy fucking uh Thing to let somebody be your phlebotomist, if you will, and uh, uh, so it was very intimate, and and we we you become you become really fucking tight when you're. I don't know if anybody if you've had drug problems, but when you're fucking doing dope with your boys, or you're getting high and partying with your boys, or you're drinking and partying with your boys, you're doing it with your boys, mm-hmm. and it gets really intense, and it gets really fucking personal, mm-hmm. you know. You talk about things that you probably wouldn't talk about because mm-hmm. you're all high and you fucking know it's safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. strong fucking... Yeah, yeah. Better than any lovers or fuckers could ever be. You know, it's fucking real shit. Or at least it seems so at the mm-hmm. time. It seems so. Yeah. Well, uh, Tyler, Tyler's favorite song was uh, The Silver Tongue Devil and I. And we would get blasted out of our minds and he would inevitably pick up the guitar and he would always sing that song for me and it was fucking one of our bonding moments, you know? And uh, he sang it one day after we had dosed up and we're just fucking on the moon, you know? And uh, he said, I need you to come up with a, with, a, with a title as good as the Silver Tongue Devil and I. And, uh, and I, I literally... I closed my eyes and I thought about our surroundings and I said, Old Blue Eyes, the harlot, the queer, and the pusher, and me. And he looked at me and he was like, Really? (laughs) And I said, Yeah. And he said, "Uh, Man, you gotta promise me that one day you're gonna name your record that. You've gotta promise that was in 2008 I left Nashville he died a couple of weeks later and I wrote uh, I wrote the song Old Blue Eyes which y'all haven't heard yet Mm -hmm. I mean maybe you have have you heard the whole album yeah okay well then I I have Old Blue Eyes is the Old Blue Eyes is the it's not certainly the final part of the story but it's the final part of the album it's sort of a recap of everything and uh that particular phrase is the last line you hear on the album is is uh old blue eyes the harlot the queer and the pusher and me and uh i wrote that song for him the night he died uh because i i had remembered that promise i made 
And uh, I almost didn't name this record that. I had started naming this record The Prodigal because it seemed like it was more fitting what was going on in my life. But I mentioned that as an option one day. And, uh, and Frank and Eric Massey, in, in listening to the album, uh, encouraged me to go ahead and step up and do that. And I'm so proud that I did. Mm -hmm. Not only do I think it's an epic country music album title, yeah. Uh, but it it was a promise that I'd never really and I didn't know whether I intended to keep or not, but I'm really glad I did. Yeah. You know. Yeah. My little, my little fucked up buddy. He doesn't he doesn't hurt anymore. You know. So. Thank thank you. For yeah. I'd like to bring the house. I'd like to bring incredible. the house down for a moment. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> Man, like oh, it, oh. It, the stories behind all of this. It's it's just it's just incredible incredible to hear and like like i said it's it's the same thing with the um the same thing with the essays you know just hearing the stories behind these things makes you just connect with it in that totally totally fresh and and different way awesome so yeah share, sharing the sharing the stories you know whatever <laughs> however they may be they're it's it's important for people to hear them so, yes sir yeah definitely like um yeah there's gonna be some people that I need to hear that realness, you know, and yeah, that's, that's incredible. Uh, yeah. Thank you again for sharing, sharing that. I, again, awesome. I, you, you see a title like that and you're like in, intrigued, you know, and to, to know that that's, that's the fucking story behind it. It's like, Oh, fuck. yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. That essay, that essay's coming and it's a hardcore essay. I, it'll, it'll, mm. it'll, it'll, it'll come out on the, when, uh, when the rest of the record comes out, September eleventh. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. September the eleventh. <clears throat> All right. Um, that that will come out, I assume, as a cohesive like. It's a two record. It's a two album. It's a two album set. Mm. Three songs on each side. You get Act One, Act Two, Act Three, and Act Four. Oh, I Beautiful. Get... Yeah. Looking forward. Yeah, to it. that's gonna be a good. Um, I mean, looking forward to its release. I... I have, I have heard. The I'm looking forward to getting it on vinyl. Uh, I like the double, it's, the double record yeah. vinyls. It's badass, mm -hmm. dude. I'm telling you, it is mm -hmm. badass. It's. Uh, I'm gonna have to get me one of those. Well, we'll make sure that you get one. We'll get you one of the special. <laughs> we'll get you one of the special editions when we printed up 300 of them that are copper. No uh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Well, I wanted it to be copper, like you know, one of the platinum albums. You know, <laughs> yeah. like they, but I wanted it to be copper, but I don't think it's going to, I don't think they can do that for some reason. I don't think they can like, like take that platinum album back there. And, and I don't think they can play it on that particular thing because I don't think that's really plastic. And I don't think the plastic right. can turn out looking like that, but mm. it was a nice try. Um, Valiant effort. Well, Waylon, yes. um, what do you say we ask you some rapid fire questions Go. now? What are you thinking? Okay, three? Go. No, it's gonna be. You thinking? Yeah, we do three, three each. Right. Three each sounds good. All right. Waylon Payne. Um, what am I gonna start with? I, do you have one off the top of your head? Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I'm gonna start. You gotta. You gotta pick since since you have some acting experience. Mm. Okay. You have to pick an actor to play you in a movie about your life. Who would you pick? And you can't you you can't pick yourself, obviously. Well, I mean, Brad Brad Pitt, of course. I mean, like, oh, okay. The resemblance no is brainer. uncanny. Yeah. 
I mean, it's uncanny. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know uh, who would want to play me, but uh, wouldn't that be something? Waylon Payne plays Waylon Payne. Yeah, it's not. It's not out of the question. I wouldn't say. I mean, hey, you know that you pretty, should. Uh, that's pretty. Uh, we'll see. Maybe some young I'd... buck will come along that's just staggeringly handsome and oh okay how... if you insist i'll do it okay I'll... mike i'm gonna need you to play me <laughs> i probably need a haircut first i don't know but... how it's okay yeah, i think you would i don't know how making movies works but you should maybe you should you know write a script or something and you never know it goes look well, at that look at maybe that. there it is huh? All right. Who knows? <laughs> all right, mine's all right, Mike. mine's a little wider, um, but right now it's it's hot as all holy hell in Iowa, and I'm sure it is um, where you're at too. But uh, would you rather it be 110 degrees outside or negative 10 degrees outside? And you do have to be outside during this time. Uh, I could handle it being 110 rather than negative 10. I I agree. Well, I mean, if I had a fireplace, you know outside the negative 10 wouldn't be that bad but you're probably not going to give me a fireplace if you're i mean not going to give me an air conditioner outside if you get a fireplace outside when it's (laughs) negative 10 then you get a pool when it's 110 that would be fair okay great well i would do 110 i'm always up for a fucking sunburn uh yeah i agree yeah me too yeah even out the yeah Uh, yeah oh yeah yeah no pain no gain ah i see what you did there Um, i like it Hey, listen, we went on, I did the Outlaw Country Cruise in January, Uh you know, Okay. and we went to Cancun, Mm -hmm. and I could take my fucking leg up right now and show you my legs, they're still sunburned. (laughs) Let's see it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it now. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna ask you you a stupid one. Um... If you could pick one animal to be eaten by, what animal would you pick? <laughs> I told you it was a stupid There's one. no right answers. <laughs> no, there's no correct answer. An animal. You have to pick an animal to eat you. What animal? <laughs> what animal do you want to eat you? Um... How about one of those great big like whale fishes that like you oh, know would man. just it would just like eat you and you would just be dead? Yeah, yeah, that's like somebody else famous. answered that and it's the most clever thing I've ever heard because it would. Just, I can't I mean, think of the tiny. I can't think of the smallest animal I would ever want to see because I mean that I would, mean, that might be the better option. Like if there was an animal that was maybe this big, you know, then I'd rather I'd rather have just... him eat me because it would just like it would take forever. First of all, It'd and take like forever. Yeah, and if he's that big, his little mouth's not even gonna. I mean, I wouldn't feel right. anything. Now right. he would probably bite. He would probably bite me and give me a parasite, which would lead me to death. But you know, that'd be that'd be slow. Now, that. yeah, you wouldn't want and that. Yeah. you're you're the second person that say a whale to that to that question. And I'm not. A, I'm I'm by no means a whale scientist, but you could technically maybe be eaten by the whale and still survive. Mama's been crying in the kitchen. Daddy's done left in the truck. 
He said down to the ABC store to get a little more fucked up. Well, it's been this way ever since I met him. Ain't nothing about the man I really know. Except that he was a guitar picker and he never really thought that I was. But oh, oh, oh the sins of the father are never gonna hang around me no more. Oh, oh, oh the sins of the father, it's time for me to lay them down and let them go. Oh, oh. Coke and then speed. He told me, I'll show you this just one time, and Lord, it took a hold of me. Well, that started me on a journey that I'm on, ain't knowing where I've been or where I came. All I know is that since I met in my life, well, it's never been the same. And I sang, oh, oh, the sins of the Father are never gonna hang around me no more. For me to lay them down and let them go. And he's dead and he's gone And it's because of this life that I've known I made a choice to myself long ago That I'd never have a child of my own But that all changed when I saw my best friend Turn from a guy into a dad Lord, and watching him give it all to raise that baby Hell, it made me want to be a better man And I say, oh, oh, the sins of the father Never gonna hang around me no more Hey, you're probably wondering, Garrett, why are you talking to us right now and we're not hearing the rest of the rapid fire questions? And I am afraid the answer to that question is uh, we act, we unfortunately, the audio recording got cut off on one of our ends here. And so um, that is all you got for this podcast. But uh, what we did get was damn good. So, um, I don't think you missed out on much more, just us talking about whales and stuff a little longer, of course, and other other silly, silly things. So, um, that's okay. That is going to do it for today's episode, though, but, uh, of course, that song that you did just hear was titled Sins of the Father by Waylon Payne. We would once again like to thank Waylon for coming on the show and telling us some stories and... Uh, Telling us a lot about the uh, about the new album, um, I think the music speaks for itself here, guys. You guys all need to go and check out the rest of this album. 
we got three acts out of the four that are out right now. And September 11th, as we said, the full album will be available for uh, for streaming. And you guys can head on over to waylandpainmusic.co. Go get yourself a record, guys. This is one of my favorites of the year. I know I've said that before on the show, but I mean, as time goes on, we just keep getting better and better. And uh, this is simply one of the best you'll hear all year. Uh, you can go ahead, like I said, head on over to waylandpainmusic.co. That's W-A-Y-L-O-N-P-A-Y-N-E music.co. You can get yourself a, looks like a, a the, there's, there's three different bundles you can get right now. Uh, the third bundle is $88. Looks like you get a poster, a t-shirt, a vinyl record, and it looks like a journal or a notebook with uh, his brand on it. Um, bundle number two is $38. You get yourself a t-shirt, a poster, and vinyl record. Bundle number one is $18. Just $18, you guys. You can get a vinyl record and a poster. And, of course, he's got lots of other stuff on there, t-shirts, you name it. Ah, bandanas. Handy to have right now. Bandana. Uh, but once again, what a, what a great episode. What a great guest Waylon was. And uh, we can't thank him enough for sitting down and hanging out with us for a little while. I hope you all enjoyed the show. If you are a new listener, please, please go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of the above. You'll get the first word from us on Twitter, of course. Join the conversation. Jump in. Let us know what you want to hear on the podcast, what you liked, what you didn't like. We want to hear it. Every last bit of it. And if you'd be so kind, take just one minute of your time and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. It does a whole hell of a lot for us when it comes to climbing up the charts and uh, getting the podcast out to new ears and new eyes. So we can't thank you enough if you've taken the time to leave us a review. And if you haven't, it only takes a minute. Please do so right now. As always, I will leave our PayPal in the description of this podcast. Please DM us on Twitter or Instagram. We can hook you up. we got some new, new hat and new shirt designs uh, that we unfortunately can't post to our online store right now. But if you would like to buy some from that online store, it is in our pinned tweet if you go check out our Twitter account. PayPal us. Leave us a tip. DM us. We can hook you up with some merch. Um, I think that's it, guys. And, of course, one of the easiest and most important things that you can do for us is uh, just tell a friend about the show. Send them a link to an episode that you think they'll like and uh, get them hooked. You know. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. <laughs>